0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is Broadcasting the Boys right here on the Blogging the Boys network, as always. Along with Roy White, I am Ari Tepkin, Make sure to tweet Roy at dub W three. I am at R E Sports, A R I Sports. Make sure to give us your feedback on this show. What we talk about. Um, you disagree. You agree. You love us. You hate us. You're indifferent. Although indifference doesn't really create a level of wanting to have communication. But I digress. Roy White, Ari Tepkin broadcast the boys. We're here, the blog, and the boys network. And let me let me start off, Roy, by asking something that I, I don't want to ask, but that I feel yeah con- you do. but that I feel compelled to ask based on what's going on this week. And I'm going to ask a question that you probably have heard thousands of times, especially lately. Are you confident we're going to have a football season this year?
1: Yes. Um, because
0: That didn't really speak to a level of confidence, my friend.
1: <laughs> Boy, I guess I was fighting with myself a little bit there. Um, yes, because I think the owners are so committed to making sure they get their nut. And I think the swell, the public swell, behind making a season happen in the NFL is – exponentially more than what it would be for any other sports league. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about a time of the year that really people associate with football and almost nothing else for three or four months at a time. I just, I, even with all the signs that perhaps would suggest a football season would not be in the country's best interest. I believe that the swell, again, of the public and the influence of the owners will make sure that an NFL season happens in some capacity. Perhaps not in the capacity that we're used to, but in some Some capacity capacity to where a ball gets kicked off and 60 minutes later a score is documented and a win or a loss or a tie is established and we move on from there. I think that will happen in some capacity.
0: So let me just say that I completely agree with you. I think your reasoning is completely sound. And that's pretty much the same feeling that I've had. Like you can't tell Jerry Jones right now that he's not going to have eight football games at AT AT&T stadium with a hundred thousand people. Like you just can't tell him that that's not going to happen right now. But then there's the Zeke story. And I know this has obviously been well covered. And I just, that's where I just in the back of my mind think there's no way there is no way. And the, the Zeke thing to me represents that because...
1: Stop tripping out about him. He'll be fine by training camp.
0: Totally. <laughs> he will be. But how many guys just don't care and don't think that the rules apply to them? You know, Dak Prescott had a party, and how many people were there? He was upset that there, there, were, there were as many people there, and he's out. You know, Dak and Zeke and Dez and Dave Robinson are out, and, you know, they're, they're working out. They just, they're above it. They don't have to subscribe to the social distancing that we all do. And that is going to they if anything, they need to be more careful because I just I don't I think there's too many football players that feel like they're invincible, that that don't care, that are going to put their teams at risk for a full scale pandemic. That's why I feel like I'm very pessimistic now that we're gonna have a football season.
1: Well, Those are very good points, too, um, because I would agree that the most diverse locker room in all of sports can probably be found in a football locker room, a professional football locker room. And that will include a number of personalities who might be willing to spend every waking moment outside of the building with their family at home securely in, quote unquote, quarantine. But it also includes another sect of people who, in all likelihood, when told specifically not to do X, <laughs> they are compelled to do X. Yes. And yes. I don't mean X like in slang terms. Ecstasy, I mean, right. I mean <laughs> right, X like, in what, terms of whatever X might be. Right, right. And so in an instance where players are going to be told for a – potential four-month stretch mind you 21 22 23 year olds told over a four-month stretch you're going to spend it in a hotel room lobby practice field and stadium and those are about the only four places you're going to go for a four-month stretch I just it, it does stretch your mind to think of a scenario like that working for 32 teams of 53 adult males.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I I want to be hopeful. I have, like, at this point, we need hope. So I'm going to remain that way. But it's just hard to believe that they'll be able to keep this thing under wraps. Because even if you are totally careful – you're, you're quarantined. You're, you know, you, you you you. I mean, even then, you still you still could could come down with it. So if you're not, you, I mean, you're like Zeke and you're Carelet, You don't care. Like you're, of course, you're gonna get it, and then you're gonna pass it on to your team, and then you've got a situation where it's like, who who do you have available to play on Sunday? You have coaches that have it. Like, wh- what are you gonna do in a situation where like your defensive coordinator has it, and your starting running back has it? It's like, what are you supposed to do then?
1: I don't even want to suggest the idea that an entire defensive unit could, like, in theory, contract the virus in a week's time between tests and only realize it after the fact. And I don't know what would happen in that scenario. I'm sure those are things that the NFLPA and the NFL and the owners will have to sit down and hammer out as it seems as if every other league has had to do – and guess what? Those those fine line points have been a lot more disputable. They've yes. been a lot more problematic than I think most people probably thought that they would be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to think about when it comes to an NFL season actually going off. But you know what? We do this podcast every week because we are hoping against all hope that there is still something to cling to. Because gosh, right. we need it, and boy, it would be such a relief to have it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no question. That's Roy White. I'm Ari Temkin. This is broadcasting the boys right here. The blogging the boys network. If if you have not been visiting blogging the boys on a daily, perhaps hourly basis, you are missing out on some fantastic uh, work. And I want to highlight one of those pieces coming up next, and that is when I read the headline, my head sank, but maybe not for the reason you might think. That's next. This is Broadcast the Boys right here, the Blogging the Boys podcast network. With Roy White on Twitter, rw3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Sports, A-R-I sports. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is Broadcast the Boys on Blogging the Boys, uh, the Blogging the Boys podcast network. All right, so Tom Ryle, a good friend and very – uh He's fantastic when it comes to everything Cowboys. Uh, Tom Ryle has a a piece for blogging the boys headline, CBS Sports ranks Dak Prescott in the top five of quarterbacks ahead of some very notable names. So let me ask you your thought when you saw that headline.
1: Well, Tom's a great writer, of course. Uh, At Tom Ryle BTB, you can find him on Twitter if you want to follow his work. Um, and look, I finally found a national publication. He finally found a national publication that in my estimation has Dak Prescott in the exact spot that he should be. Um, I think the popular debate is whether or not Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. Um, perhaps you have him at 11 or 12 or, or maybe you have him just inside the top 10 at eight or seven, you know. But I firmly believe that Dak Prescott belongs in the top five of quarterbacks coming into the 2020 season. And for once, at least for the first time in, in many, many articles written on the subject, we finally found one that had Dak Prescott in that, in that category. And to be honest, I wouldn't argue with any of the, the four guys that are above him. I think that's exactly where Dak Prescott needs to be. What were your thoughts?
0: So the article was written by a guy named Sean Wagner Magoo, M-C-G-O-U-H, Magoo, McGoff. I like Magoo. Yeah, Magoo, we'll go with that. Although that makes him less reputable, doesn't it? Uh, He's got Patrick Mahomes, one, obviously, Lamar Jackson, two, Russell Wilson, three, Drew Brees, four, Dak Prescott, five. I judge a man
1: on the content of his words – and those words, Ari, to me, run those top five back again, please.
0: I I judge a man by the content of his lists. <laughs> One, Patrick Mahomes. Two, Lamar Jackson. Three, Russell Wilson. Four, Drew Brees. Five, Dak Prescott.
1: It, it, name the flaw.
0: No, I, I I don't disagree. Deshaun Watson, six, Matt Stafford. Seven, Carson Wentz. Eight, Tom Brady, nine.
1: Ben okay, Roberts, all right, 32. all right, all right. If we so, – I so think let just... right around eight there, things get a little bit murky, but where Dak Prescott is and the four quarterbacks above him, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes, if you asked me, could I trade Dak Prescott for any other quarterback in the NFL, I would actually only say three of those players.
0: Brees and the reason I
1: would right. only say three, of course, is because Drew Brees is – 800 a, years old. Perhaps final season as a New Orleans Saint. But outside of that, those are the only three quarterbacks in the NFL that I would swap Dak Prescott out for with the Dallas Cowboys today.
0: So I, I hate to say that when I saw the headline, I like hung my head, but only because I just know how Cowboys fans are and – You just can't talk sense into Cowboys fan that doesn't believe in Dak Prescott. There's no there's this is another example of here's pretty significant statistical evidence that Dak Prescott is without a doubt a top five quarterback. Now I I think if if you're arguing that Dak Prescott's not a top ten quarterback, then you didn't pay attention to this past season. Because a year ago,
1: you haven't paid attention for the past four seasons because right he's been he's been at least a top 10 quarterback statistically in every season that he has played and he's now entering his fifth year
0: right but even even a year ago, you could reasonably argue he's anywhere between 10 and 15 right I, I agree with you he was probably top 10 but but after last year, like, there's no question. And now there's a question of how high is he on that list. And I think he's anywhere between 1 and 10. And, I, I mean, I guess looking at that list, I'm not really sh- sure where I'd put him if i put him further down the list. But it's just, like, to me, it, it it's it's crazy how hard it is to talk sense into people about Dak Prescott. And it's like, if you bring up statistics, it's like, what about wins? Okay, well, I mean, he's, you know, he's got a playoff win. Remember it took Tony Romo like 75 years to get a playoff win?
1: Or yeah, what about four game stretches? Uh, what happened when he didn't have Tyrone? You know, Tyrone right. Smith. Right, what right, right. Didn't have Doesn't Amari have Cooper.
0: And it's like, well, there's actually statistical evidence that he didn't really miss Zeke. You probably missed Tyron Smith more. And by the way, find me a, a quarterback that's go, going to be good if they don't have a you know a quality offensive ladder, quality pieces around. So, like, I guess. It's kind of like politics. Talking about Dak Prescott is kind of like talking about politics. Like you're not going to talk somebody out of the opinion that they already have, even if you have very compelling evidence or data or facts to back it up. And it, and this is just another example of you know, it's like Dak is Dak is legitimately a top five quarterback, and even if here's one national writer that says that, you know, it's like it, you could just hear the Cowboys fans that don't believe in Dak being like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? But he doesn't beat good teams. It's like how you can't play in a league for four years beating bad. Like, it's, like that's the most that I think that argument more than anything else just bothers me so you know, much. Like it's inconceivable how stupid that is to say to hold the opinion to hold. He hasn't beat any good teams. It's like, what?
1: Uh, you're
0: hundred possible.
1: You're a hundred percent right on that point. Um, in that, people try to use a small snippet against Dak Prescott. You're also 100% right in the point that there are people out there who will never be convinced, no matter what statistical evidence you bring them, that Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. But the reason you need to continue to shout from the rooftops, the evidence as to why Dak is the great quarterback that I believe him to be and that many statistical – analytic folks believe him to be the reason you need to continue to shout that from the rooftops is because there are still people out there that are making their minds up there are still impressionable people out there okay that can separate fact from fiction the human mind is not so childlike in today's (laughs) time i love your optimism (laughs) That we can't differentiate. Now, if we choose, if we actively choose to say the sky is green, when everybody else in the world can look up and see that the sky is blue, well, then we will ultimately accept the person who says that the sky is green. We'll just dismiss that person. We'll just stop giving credibility to their arguments we'll stop allowing them to have a platform and speak on the level that that they speak of because we'll drown them out with logic, sensibility, statistical information I'd that love is undeniable for this to
0: be true. Like I I feel like in an ideal world what you're saying is completely accurate. However, I live in the real world <laughs> and it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean it, it's totally
1: I inaccurate. still hold out hope. I still hold out hope. <laughs> That's
0: good. That's good. I mean, you should. I'm just saying, like, I, I live in the real world where people spout ridiculous things all the time on sports talk and sports media and get away with it constantly. Uh, speaking of, by the way, we have we have said his name. So what's what's our official countdown now at Dak Prescott? What are we uh, we are officially now less than a month away from decision days. This we're now five episodes away
1: was it five right. last week? Is it four? I think it's four, isn't it? Four more, yeah. Four, excuse me, yeah. Uh, four more until DAC Day. Uh, Doomsday, f- whatever you f- want to call it. And trust me, we ain't any closer.
0: You don't, you don't think so? You don't think we're has closer? Any,
1: has anything changed in your mind, Ari Kempkin, <laughs> since we began discussing this topic several weeks ago and we started the countdown? Right here.
0: I would say broadcasting the boys. In my mind, Roy, everything has changed and simultaneously nothing has changed.
1: Well, you know what? <laughs> okay. That's a hundred percent fair. Everything has changed. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> the outside world has changed. But the pillars <laughs> that were buried into the ground, in which Started the negotiations, yes. the Cowboys being one pillar over on, the, on this side and Dak Prescott being another pillar over on this side. While the outside world has changed around them, <laughs> their stances have not changed one bit. Whatsoever.
0: One iota. Uh, on that front, I, uh, I've, I've, I've now found the time to find an article that I detest the most this week as it pertains to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. This is becoming like a weekly thing, perhaps even daily. Um, but this one comes from NJ.com, which is great, right? It's just it's a, it's a you know, New Jersey newspaper, so clearly a, a Giants slant. But the headline is NFL rumors, Dak Prescott-Cowboys relationship faces quote, long-term damage from contract conflict. Have you ever heard that, Roy? Like, just – Forget Dak and Cowboys. Just just insert player and team relationship faces long-term damage from contract conflict. Like in the history of your involvement in sports, have you ever heard of that? Team and player facing long-term relationship issues because of their contract conflict.
1: Hmm. Long-term. Uh, you know, like the way that they negotiate contracts year to year. No, I <laughs> don't. Uh, that's a, That's a new one.
0: It's a new one. Or is it what we hear all the time in long drawn out uh, negotiations between teams and, and players? Like, I feel like.
1: No, that's I, fresh. That's fresh. That's fresh. That's a fresh take. Um, that
0: one? That one in particular?
1: Consider it for the first time, I hadn't yeah. thought that relationships might be affected by contentious negotiations. That is truly. A new one. A remarkable contemplation.
0: So, is there any way to fix it? I, I couldn't possibly think of a way that they could reconcile their relationship. Could you?
1: Well, I don't know if they, uh, you know, just happen to sign a deal for the corresponding year of service and then go about their business as usual and proceed to begin negotiations for a potential future contract next off season. Maybe that's a route they could take. Maybe <laughs> that's a route that they could, take. but I don't know if they would even be willing to have the conversation with each other because gosh, they just played four and a half months worth of football where they were oh so angry at one another.
0: <laughs> and remember when, uh, see kelly was going through these negotiations it was the same guy like i don't think this relationship is ever going to be i mean it'll never be the same never be the same it's crazy and it hasn't
1: hasn't been ari it hasn't been since
0: so in this article by nj.com the irreconcilable relationship uh there's a, a report they state from espn's jeremy fowler who says quote I continue to hear from sources that Prescott and the Cowboys are both ready to drag this out to the July 15th franchise tag deadline. I'm going to try not to laugh while I read it. Uh, If that's the way it's going to be and that's the pace right now, it's been slow over the last month and they still have a gap in money and number on years in the contract. So Prescott's willing to be patient as well.
1: You mean he's going to wait out to the deadline to which he needs to sign his deal? (laughs) in what world would he not do that I, if he I, wasn't getting the offer that he wanted
0: have have you heard from any of your sources roy that this thing's going to drag out to the 11th hour and that you know boy it's...
1: i think i'm more irritated than you <laughs> by this headline the more that i think about it go on by the way i hope you'll steal that because uh that was good that's good That was really good. Um, No, this is getting to be, it's just the same stuff. It's the same stuff we have heard for months and months and months. People, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. They probably haven't even talked in the last couple of months. They might, might have a few conversations in the week leading up to the deadline okay july 15th but prior to that anything bet- that you hear between now and then is simply maneuvering by one side or the other either by the agent of Dak Prescott trying to put it out there that the Cowboys need to make a deal or the relationship might be ruined forever <laughs> irreconcilable can't be it, can't, it cannot be cannot be fixed or the Cowboys and every source out there putting it that hey we, we might not have enough money, but us, the poor NFL owners, are. we're going to struggle to pay our bills next season.
0: Did you see Jerry Jones like Oliver Twist? Can I have some more, please? Which
1: obviously <laughs> no one is buying either. So be smarter. Join yeah. us. Be smarter. Don't and, fall for this stuff.
0: And you're 100% correct. Like They're not talking because they know where they are. The Cowboys know where Dax Camp is. Dax Camp knows where the Cowboys are. So at this point, it comes down to, you know, we want less years. You know, we want more years. So when you're willing to acquiesce, then come talk. And so you're you're 100 correct. Like they've already gone through. Like they're not like meeting daily to be like, well, you guys ready to come down in your years? No, you guys ready to you guys ready to do a three year deal? No. Okay, talk to you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, because
0: that's where but it is.
1: Cowboys organization are probably tough. We can't host agents at the star right now. We're at 30 people. We're at capacity. you know. Until Governor Abbott opens us up to 75%, you're just going to have to wait.
0: <laughs> this is broadcast, the boys, the blog of the boys, Bet. on the way next, the final segment of today's show, and we get into just how good is this offense. And I want to ask you, Roy, what's the best positional group on this football team that's on the way next this is broadcast the boys the blog of the boys podcast network this is broadcast the boys with Roy White on Twitter at rw3 I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at re sports broadcast the boys in the blogging the boys network and of course blog of the make sure to go check it out and there's a piece written today about the supporting cast uh, of Dak Prescott in this offense. Uh, Cole Patterson wrote it. Cowboys offensive supporting cast ranks amongst the NFL's best. Um, and this is based on a list um, where the Cowboys on NFL.com are basically ranked to have a top five offensive supporting cast. Uh, Kansas City was one. I um, believe with the Browns were on that list as well. The Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, yep. Cleveland, Tampa, New Orleans.
1: And And the Saints, yeah, they were the fourth.
0: And then Dallas at five. Um, I guess let's start there.
1: Top five supporting cast offense? Skill position-wise, it's hard to say no. Um, I suppose it depends on what set you're running. Am I running a... Three wide receiver, one tight end, one running back, 11 personnel. Right. Is that what we're rolling with? Because I feel really good about that going up against just about any other 11 personnel in the NFL. Um, when I look at teams like the Browns, though, I don't think their best unit is in 11 personnel. I think it's actually in 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends. I think they have two tight ends that are both better than what the Cowboys roll out at tight end in uh, David and Joku. And they signed Austin Hooper this off season. Nick Chubb is on par with Ezekiel Elliott when it comes to running backs in today's NFL. The margin of difference is pretty neglig- negligible. Yep. And I think at least over the past four seasons, just about anybody would take Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry over Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup no offense to either of those two who have been very good but Jarvis Landry has set a new precedent in terms of receptions in his first three seasons and we've seen what Odell Beckham can do when he's fully healthy and fully invested so I don't have any problem saying the Browns are a better unit Uh, when I look at Cowboys opponents in 2020 that they'll face. I think the Browns have a better supporting cast, um, potentially. I think there's a couple other teams on that list as well. Again, that the Cowboys will face this season, but the Browns to me are the team that jumps out the most and the team that I'm most confident in saying, yeah, I, I do think they have a better overall supporting cast because again, what the two tight end set allows you to do a little bit is, is deceptiveness and the advantage of being able to run the ball in the same capacity as you can throw it because you guys got guys that are mismatches in both categories.
0: I'm Surprised the Ravens were on that list, Ravens have a, I mean, a very explosive supporting cast. I mean, they had, remember they had a JK Dobbins in the draft, who I think might have been the best running back in this draft. They had Hollywood Marquise Brown. is it Mark Ingram still? I mean, they,
1: yeah, I they, think you, I think you bring up a great, a great team uh, in, in them, uh, Nick Boyle, the backup tight end as well. Um, Andrews, they they traded away Hayden Hurst because they didn't really need, uh, another tight end. They already had two solid tight ends at that position. I mean, I suppose it's a little bit difficult to tell how talented their wide receiver, wide receiving core is because Lamar didn't have to throw it excessively last season, but Do I think he's capable, and do I think they have a unit that rivals that of the Cowboys? I do. Yeah, I think they're in that conversation.
0: What's the best positional group of the Cowboys?
1: Boy, right now, hard not to say wide receiver, isn't it?
0: So I made a video on YouTube. You should check it out, youtube.com forward slash RE Sports, and it was like three predictions I'm making about the 2020 roster. And so it's not as where we sit here, but it's basically like after the season's over, we'll look back, and this will be the case. And and I, I think they're off. The offensive line is the best positional group of the team, which is weird to say because one, the wide receivers are loaded, but I mean the best player on the team is Zach Martin. Tyrant Smith, I think, had a really good year last year, even with all the questions about his injury history and back and all that. Lyle Collins, I mean, right there, the the, the three core players. That's a really good. You know, grouping and then even though there's question marks about center and, and guard, like I they just have so many guys there that like whether it's Joe Looney or Connor McGovern or Connor Williams or Beatis. Be, yeah, Beatish. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, I started thinking about like Brandon Knight. Like they signed Cam Irving to be their swing tackle, but Brandon Knight's a better swing tackle. Yeah, so, I don't think
1: Cam Irving's gonna I don't think Cam Irvin's going to make this team personally.
0: Right. that that to me speaks to how good this offensive line is going to be. Now, again, I, I think the wide receivers will be good. I just is it as dominant of an offensive line as they had you know years ago when Travis Frederick and Zach Bart and Tyred Smith were all pro players? No, but you don't have you don't have to be that like you don't have to be that good like <laughs> perhaps greatest offensive line of all time good. I think they're going to be one of the best best offensive lines in football. And I think after the season's over, we'll look back and say, yeah, that was probably the best position group that they had.
1: Well, I think that's fair. they got to stay healthy yeah. is the key. And I, I, I'm i more confident in the wide receiving group as a whole, at least the top three, staying healthy than I am yeah. Yeah. the five offensive linemen staying healthy through an entire season. Because, quite frankly, we have not seen that happen here in Dallas – any time over the last three seasons now.
0: Right. That's fair.
1: So, I like the depth at the offensive line, but I am concerned about the injuries, and I think if the injuries do crop up, that will wind up hurting them just a little bit. But I can I can see the argument there. I can see the argument there. They have – they reinforced that position considerably, um, you know, when you consider the fact that they lost an all-pro center in Travis Frederick. mm
0: mm-hmm. That's right. And and that's obviously gonna be the biggest thing, but I think based on what they have with the Connors, Looney and Beatish be whatever his name is. Competing, no, you got it. Um I just I think they're gonna solidify that position. Maybe not as well as, as Travis Frederick, but I just think there's so many guys with a high level of talent there that, that they're 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 gonna get great competition and the, the cream will rise to the top.
1: Yeah, they've thrown a lot of darts. Yeah, in that area on the interior offensive line, and hopefully they can get a couple to stick. Because if they can't, I hate to – I tremble at the thought, um, and I don't think anybody's really considered it, but I tremble at the thought of what happens if that interior winds up being a disaster. It's hard to imagine it would be a disaster because we've seen at least what the worst of what it could potentially be. Joe Looney and Connor Williams, if that is – what winds up happening. We've seen that pairing before and it sufficed, right? right. It did right. enough. Right. Um, but I shudder to think what it could mean for the entire unit. If that spot is a troublesome one, because we've seen even the best quarterbacks, Brady Manning in his time, Aaron Rodgers in today's time, if you get pressure in their face and up the middle, it doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how elusive they are. They're going to struggle. Mm-hmm.
0: That's Roy White on Twitter at RW3. Make sure you are also subscribed to his YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash rdub 3 uh, I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at RE Sports, ARI Sports, or uh, YouTube.com forward slash RE Sports. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. And of course, continue to support the great work that everybody's doing at blogging the boys. Uh, and the Blogging of the Boys podcast network. Go to com, And, of course, check out all of the shows, including the daily briefings of the morning on The Ocho, Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey, Charles, and Meg Murray, The 750 with Tony Casillas and RJ Ochoa, Talk of the Star with Connor Livesey, Dalton Miller, and Cole Patterson and broadcast The Boys with yours truly, Ari Tebkin, and Roy White. But for now, Roy, leave him with something.
1: Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast, guys. Uh, we're about to get into training camp. And hopefully, hopefully, football is very, very close to us. Keep hoping. Stay positive. Stay optimistic.
0: Keep hope alive.